0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats Podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside
1: Connor Balthazar.
0: And today we are going to be just quickly previewing the Kansas State Wildcats upcoming matchup against the Nevada Wolfpack in football, a game that will be occurring in Manhattan, Kansas on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And let's dive right into it by looking at the 2020 stats for the Nevada Wolfpack. They were a 7-2 team last year with 1,101 rushing yards with an average of 4.3 per attempt, 7 rushing touchdowns, and their prolific passing offense with 2,872 yards with an average of 8 per attempt, only 4 passing touchdowns, or 4 interceptions to 27 touchdowns, and a 69.9% completion percentage and a forty-one point five three third down percentage with 20 sacks allowed and averaging roughly 31 points per game. So offensively, they look pretty good, but in terms of defense, this is where you might see a few problems coming up. So you want to take that?
1: Yeah. So defensively, they're averaging 23 and a third points per game for a total of 210 points uh, against them across the season, the uh, nine-game season for them. They allowed 2,156 passing yards and 13 passing touchdowns and 1,243 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns. Uh, On the red zone, they were giving up uh, touchdowns, 17 out of 31 times. Uh, They had six interceptions, six fumble recoveries, 23 sacks. Their turnover differential was zero. Yep.
0: And we bring up last year's stats mostly because it gives us something to compare to for last year, but also because this is a team that is extremely similar to last year, losing almost no one of note, and returning Mountain West Player of the Year, Carson Strong. Leading rusher, Toa Tawia, Toa?
1: Toa Taua, I think Toa is I, that's, that's how they said it on the broadcast, it's okay.
0: Toa Tawia, the running back. Romeo Dobbs, their leading receiver. Cole Turner, their and sec- t- tight end and second leading receiver. Lawson Hall, their leading tackler, and Don Peterson, their sack leader from last year, who has yet to record a single set this year. But they've also played two previous games, one against Cal and another against Idaho State. Both were victories, with the Cal game ending up with a 22-17 to victory, and the Idaho State game being a 49-10 to victory. Do you want to talk for the 2021 stats, because I seem to be tripping over my words a bit here?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll cover that while you recover a little bit uh the 2021 stats uh, they're 2-0 so far just pretty quickly into the season they've given up 200 or is this they've given up or they've gotten that they've uh, gotten that's
0: get that's yeah, gotten
1: yeah they have uh, 209 rushing rushing yards on five yards per attempt so solid averages there although they're making their money in the pass game uh 753 total pass yards with 693 from carson strong 8.9 yards per pass attempt for and 8.5 yards per pass attempt for Carson Strong specifically. They have one rushing touchdown. Their third town, the third down percentage is 46.15%. They're averaging 35.5 points per game, 71 points for 27 points against their turnover difference is plus two. And they have 10 sacks through two games. Although that is a little skewed by their Idaho State game. Uh,
0: yeah, there were eight sacks during the Idaho State game.
1: Yeah, their their sack leader uh, had three sacks in that game and did nothing in the Cal game. So this Idaho State game really inflated some of their stats, uh, so doesn't tell the full story. They were still early in the year, so it's going to be hard to get an accurate statistical image of a lot of the teams that K-State's facing thus far.
0: Yeah. The good news is is that we have the California Bears in terms of film study. We could not – the Idaho State game was not televised anywhere. And as much as we, like, joke about it, we're not media. So we do not get the rights to all 22 film. as much as we we wish for them. But we did get to do study for the California Bears. You want to cover the stats, and I can cover about half of the film notes.
1: Sure. Uh, Offensively, In the Cal game, they had 73 rush yards, 3.4 yards per attempt. So nothing really eye-popping there at all. Actually, pretty below average. Uh, But then pass yards, they had 312, averaged 8 yards per attempt, two passing touchdowns to one interception, no rushing touchdowns. Uh, Third down percentage was 37.5%, and they allowed two sacks. And defensively, uh, they gave up 158 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And then pass yards, they gave up 177 and another passing touchdown. uh, They have uh, one interception and two sacks, no fumbles. Yeah.
0: So let's get into the more film study part of this. And in terms of personnel, they're a very consistent team. They only ran 22 personnel, two running backs, two tight ends, 7% of the time. And it was a run every single time. 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, 16% of the time, and it was out of pistol each and every time. And then where they made their bread and butter was 11 personnel, which was run at 42% of the time. This is including Cole Turner being flexed out into the slot, which is something that they very much enjoy doing a lot of, which we'll talk about a lot later. But then 10 personnel, which is just pure spread, was 9% of the time. And then, shockingly, empty personnel, no one in the backfield except Carson Strong, was run 24% of the time this game. Which, again, I will reiterate, and I will keep saying this, if we're going up against a passing team, I like our odds on defense.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Honestly, this defense, I like our odds against about anybody. Right now, uh, it's offensively that's the question, but the defense I have zero concern with, at least at this point in the season. Maybe I'll eat Crow with that down the stretch, but I don't know, Right now, uh, I'm feeling pretty good.
0: Yeah. In terms of sets, they came out in gun 69% of the time, nice. With pistol, 22% of the time, and under center, 7% of the time. All of the under center snaps were out of 22 personnel and also runs. So let's get into the actual notes on what they do. Because I can tell you personnel numbers and that doesn't really tell you all that much. Let's start where their offense begins and ends with. It is Carson Strong, the quarterback. And first note that I made about him was he is not afraid to take shots downfield at all. And that is something that is both for better and for worse to his game. Because he is perfectly willing to force the ball into tight windows or just trust his receivers maybe a bit too much on the deep ball, which bodes well for K-State. But he has a great arm, able to fit the ball into some really, really tight windows, especially over the middle. But he does have issues stepping into his throws when pressure is applied in that he sort of fades away. He doesn't do the Will Howard fade away jumper, but he does not step into the throw properly at when a pressure is applied. And his accuracy over the middle is considerably better than the accuracy outside. Which again bodes well for the K State defense, but the, perhaps the most important thing about Carson Strong is he is not fast. I have jokingly referred to him on multiple occasions when it's just Connor and I. I've referred to him as a tree because he does not move.
1: Yeah, he uh, is. He's also really tall. I believe he's like six foot six. If I did say tree, yeah, he's a, he's truly a tree in every sense of the word. Uh, he's the ultimate pocket passer. Uh, he will just not be a running threat, which should be a great relief for this defense. Uh, not gonna have to worry about the quarterback spy uh, as much as we may normally have to in the Big 12, because almost every team has a quarterback that at least has some semblance of a running game. They can, at the very least, get out of the pocket. Strong just does not have that element to his game really at all. I mean, he'll scramble, but only as an absolute last resort, and it's only pressures pressure is closing in. Like he's he's not like a prototypical K State quarterback in that in that sense of it.
0: Yeah. Which makes the next three points, which I'll let you take, make a lot more sense.
1: Yep. Uh, one thing is that they're really fond of screen passes uh, in every sense of the word. Um, then Cole Turner, um, their tight end air quotes. Um, he's playing in the slot quite a bit. So he's basically a receiver. He's listed as the tight end. He's a big guy, but he's pretty much just playing receiver for them. Think of him as an oversized slot receiver. Basically. Basically. That's that's pretty much what he's doing, uh, and then also this will be uh, this guy. This has my mouth watering a little bit. I'll, I'll admit, uh, both of their offensive tackles have just utterly atrocious footwork, and it, it's it's really really bad. Now Their senior offensive lineman, uh, I believe, tackle, tackle, yeah, Jermaine Ledbetter. Uh, he left at the end of uh, this cow game uh, with injury. We have no idea if he's back. Yeah, it's com- well, we'll see, but who knows if that will actually help them or hurt them or have any difference at all.
0: Yeah. Cause he seems like that was more of a lineman who was a people mover as opposed to a technical pass blocker,
1: which I'm, I'm a fan. Yep. This, this defensive line should be gearing out for yet another elite level performance. Like, I, and I don't have any qualms with saying elite. I normally try to reserve it, but honestly the D line play has been pretty close to elite, especially the pass rush. Uh, on the edges. So this the the Felix Anudikeys, Khalid Dukes, Nate Matlicks of the world, they should have a field day against these tackles.
0: Absolutely. And their skill positions on the offensive side of the ball, running backs are what I would call the definition of fine, but the offensive line is absolutely not doing them any favors, especially with the offense they like to run and the running game they want to run. And despite the fact that Carson Strong is an amazing quarterback, and I will call him an amazing quarterback, His receivers are not good route runners and do not do him any favors on any route that they will run and also do not have the best hands, with this game alone having six total drops that I counted. And that was with relatively clean windows to throw and catch the ball. So we may end up getting lucky on a few plays on the off chance that someone in our secondary gets beat.
1: Yeah, Uh, this is great news for the uh state defense because this uh this means that they they just won't have to worry about as many guys on the field uh as being legitimate threats. I mean, you'll have your Romeo, uh Dubs. Uh he's he's still a great receiver, but the rest of the guys not great route runners, uh not very good hands. So that that's just going to do even more favors for an already uh very stout K-State secondary. So it Like, K-State's defense does not need any more help, and they're getting a lot more help with uh, various facets of this offense. And that's not to say that they're a bad offense. They're actually quite good offense, but they have some very glaring weaknesses that we can exploit.
0: Yeah. So let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. They're a 4-2-5 team, but if they're faced with bigger personnel, which K-State will probably end up doing this game, they will go to a 4-3 with a Sam walk down on the line. And in terms of their distribution of where they put the safeties in terms of middle field open, middle field closed, which is basically just single high safety, one guy back or two of them, they played a single high safety 57% of the time, two high safeties 38% of the time, and then no safety back 5% of the time. If I'm remembering correctly, two or three of those were in the red zone. And the most important thing that I would note about their defense is twofold. On one hand, they're very aggressive. And on the other end, they are very conservative. They are, the part that they're aggressive is their blitzing. They are not afraid to send heat at anybody at any part of the field at any time. They blitz quite a bit. But the part where they're really conservative is their general downfield coverage. Because there are a lot of times in this Cal game that they're basically just playing cover four, cover three. Which is, all it is, defend the deep ball do not get beat deep. So I could see this turning into a game if they keep that same philosophy, keep blitzing but keep the conservative coverage on the back end. I could see this being a game where dinking and dunking is the best strategy, especially if they're blitzing a linebacker and the person who's supposed to be covering Deuce is 15 yards that way.
1: Yeah, I love hearing this, especially with uh, a Will Howard behind center. He needs all the help that he can get. And if they're just going to only cover deep and send pressure, the pressure is concerning, but if we just run quick routes and we have fast receivers, I mean, we all we really need to do is just run easy timing routes over the middle for him and uh, make sure he just reads the defense effectively, which that is the concern. But that that is good that they're, they're going to be playing a lot of soft coverage for Will. So when we do need to uh, throw the ball occasionally to uh, balance out the running game, Uh, Hopefully, he will have more open windows than he did against Southern Illinois.
0: Yeah. And they need to send the Blitz because their pass rush and defensive line are by far their worst unit. They're not great in any aspect, and I don't think that there's even an aspect that I would consider them to be good. They are a very, very mediocre unit, and a unit that I think that, given what we have seen with how the offensive line handled Stanford, albeit with a few hiccups, and how certain members of our offensive line handled SIU, I'm pretty confident in our ability to block the defensive line and maybe pick up additional heat as we go. And another thing that I know everyone here will be happy to hear is every note on the run game. They are not good against the run, especially in fitting. They cannot do the force roll in fitting the run at all, ever. I've never seen them do it effectively. They try their best. They either over-pursue or under-pursue. So outside zone or stretch plays or sweeps where we get Noah Johnson out in space, that's going to be a very key part of the offense this week, or at least it should be. And then tackling in the secondary is absolutely atrocious. So basically sweep to the left, they don't fill the run correctly, Noah Johnson takes out the linebackers, Deuce Vaughn proceeds to destroy an entire secondary. Repeat this for what I would imagine at least two or three times.
1: Yeah. Um, tackling the secondary being bad, That once again, there's a lot of things about this Nevada team that makes my mouth water on this uh, scouting report. And if they're tackling the secondaries bad, that's excellent for us because Deuce, already very good at getting to the second and third levels of the defense. Uh... That if you can get to the secondary, I at some point he will break it because if their tackling is this bad and their defensive line not good, uh, and Noah Johnson's as good at pole blocking as he is, he Deuce will have a long touchdown run in this game. I'm predicting, especially in a game where we're going to be uh, uh focusing on the run more. At least I'm presuming. So oh, we're an air raid team this week. Well, that would be a very interesting twist. (laughs) Uh, We actually flip
0: offenses with Nevada this week. We get their playbook. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) That means Carson Strong's not in a good place. Anyway, they're mostly a zone team, not a lot of press coverage. But you may be asking yourself, well, if they were playing deep but had a lot of opportunity to get dink and dunked, why did Cal's quarterback only throw for 177 yards this game? Because he's bad. Let's move on. <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean bad as in, like, the, the ha-ha funny, he sucks. No, I truly think that Will Howard has the potential to have a much better
1: game than the Cal quarterback did this game. Not to be mean to Chase Garbers, the quarterback of Cal, but, man. He's <laughs> not good.
0: So, that those are the film notes on the Cal game. Like we said, there's no film that exists against Idaho State, but we can give you the stats. Ever since I've dominated this segment, you can take stats again.
1: Sure. Uh, offensively, um, uh, Nevada had 145 rushing yards. They averaged over 7.5 yards per rush attempt, so they were just absolutely gashing an Idaho State defense that very clearly was overmatched. They had 381 pass yards for just under 9 yards per attempt. One rushing, touchdown, four pass, or yeah, one, four, one rushing touchdown, four passing touchdowns, 60%, third down, and conversion rate did not allow a single sack this game. So clearly they did basically whatever they wanted against Idaho State. And while that's a compliment to Nevada's offense, it's also an indictment of Idaho State being a more than subpar opponent. So I, I don't know if there's a lot that we can take from this stat line because they're starting running back had nine carries for like 115 yards or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot that we can take from, from this offensive performance. The more interesting thing I think is the defensive stat line where passing wise, they actually, they had a pretty respectable show and they only gave up 142 yards, no passing touchdowns, but on the ground, they gave up 141 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. The only touchdown the Idaho state scored on was on the ground they had no interceptions, uh, recovered three fumbles, and they sacked the quarterback eight times. But what I'm interested in is that rush defense, uh, a word, the not word of the day, not word of the week, word of the century for this podcast, porous. porous. <laughs> you yeah. put that on a t-shirt. A yeah, porous run defense, yeah, that new merch. <laughs> new merch, which speaking of, will probably
0: be released alongside this episode, Yeah, which is also my birthday
1: yeah so um happy early birthday as ace at the time of recording Thank but you. by the time uh this episode comes out it will be your birthday and also if you're listening to this and you're hearing this that means that you are legally required to purchase uh merch which is
0: why we put it in the middle of the episode not the beginning
1: yes so you if you do not buy merch after listening to this episode ace will be very sad and
0: especially I, if you wish me a happy birthday <laughs> Yep. <laughs> anyway, get off that subject. I'm interested in the fact that they got 141 yards, but could
1: have gotten more because they fumbled three times. Yeah, that is the interesting part. And so, yeah, the very the common denominator with uh, Nevada is their run defense has not been good, and that is really really nice for uh for Kansas State. Um, their pass defense, it's kind of hard to tell how good it is because I think that teams might just be running the ball against them a lot. Like, Cal is not a run-focused team by any stretch of the imagination, but they had a pretty solid day running the ball. Because uh, watching that game, I watched part of it live, uh, they wanted to pass the ball, but they it seemed like they were reluctantly running the ball at times. But they were just getting such huge chunks of yardage that they couldn't afford not to. Yeah. So. K-State, if they can control possession, they could just run the ball down this defense's throat. The only way this defense is going to be able to stop the run is if they put, like, nine people in the box. That's probably what it's going to take, and that may not even be enough. Yeah. Because it's not a good run defense. Deuce breaks all of those people at once. Yeah, a bunch of Ray is on this squad. Anyway, so now let's
0: go into the stories to watch going into the game, and we'll alternate on this between taking which story. I'll take the first one. Will Howard is the starting QB for K-State. And this comes with a bunch of questions. Does Messingham scheme a horizontal game for him? Because Will Howard is a much better horizontal passer than a vertical one. Does he get a lot of play action and bootlegs to keep pressure off of him and keep the defense off balance, especially with how often we're going to be running the ball? And do we completely take the game out of his hands? In order of the questions that I think I'm going to give my answer for, God, I hope so... God, I hope so, and I hope not.
1: <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, my answers um, are going to be kind of yes and no, because I think that Mess will scheme some horizontal stuff for him, although he's going to probably ask him at some point to do some vertical passing. Although I think it'll be primarily a uh, horizontal play action bootleg. Uh, I imagine that we'll be be doing that quite a bit, especially with how much we'll be running the ball. It's just going to be a perfect setup. I think it's just going to fit the flow of the game very naturally. Mm -hmm. It's not even going to be a thing that we have to kind of artificially set up. I mean, that's just going to go with the game. So I think we'll do that. And do we take the game out of his hands? No, I don't think so. I don't think we'll have to take the game out of his hands because I think we'll be running the ball so effectively that the play action bootleg will be there. So if Howard throws for 150 on the day, I think that's a successful day for him because the run game is just going to – I think the run game's going to be so good that, uh, that we just won't have to throw the ball all that much. Yeah. you got rushing defense. Yep. So like we've been saying, Nevada rushing defense, not that great. Uh, porous. Yeah, it's, it's porous. <laughs> the secondary is especially bad at tackling – uh, they do not force very well and they just gave up 141 rushing yards to a very very not good Idaho State team. So what what do we take out of this? We've kind of already touched on this a bit, but what do you what do you make of this?
0: I don't think it'll be only Deuce that gets asked to have a big day here cuz I think this is a game that Jacartier and Joe Urban can both step up and be equally as effective.
1: Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, I'd love to see DJ Giddens even get a few carries here. I think I totally this hate that. I think this is the perfect opportunity to ease DJ Giddens into it because I think they honestly probably wanted to against Southern Illinois, but the game just obviously did not go any way, shape, or form how we wanted it to. So this could be a good opportunity because we're just going to be running the ball so much. We're going to be spelling our spellbacks. So... <laughs> So Giddens, hopefully we'll get some Giddens sightings in some fashion. Yeah.
0: and Now we get to talk about the tale of two pass rushes. K-State has been absolutely lethal these past few weeks. And Strong is not exactly the most mobile quarterback. So K-State will probably get to the quarterback a lot. And Nevada has a few large human beings, but not a lot of great pass rushers. So the only way that they're probably going to be able to get to the quarterback very quickly, except for on a few few fluky plays where someone misses a block, will be sending additional pressure, which leaves middle field holes open for maybe a slant route to Phillip Brooks, Tyrone Howell, Cade Warner, whoever's playing the slot, or just a quick check down to Deuce Vaughn.
1: Yeah, uh, pretty much exactly what you said. Uh, tale of two path rushes. Case state has been absolutely lethal. Uh, in the pass rush game so far this year, uh, it's they've been especially clutch in the pass rush game. It seems like we're getting a sack exactly when we need one. Mm-hmm. And so I, I expect that to continue this week. Nevada does not have a, a very good pass protection. Strong is not a mobile quarterback. Uh, and then on K-State's side, our pass protection is decent, but Nevada is not a very good pass rushing team despite having an eight-sack eight performance against Idaho State. That's probably an outlier. Um, but it's going to take heavy pressure for them to get to the quarterback. And even then, I think we'll be running a lot of short concepts with Howard. So
0: Yeah. And you got secondary.
1: Yeah. Case State secondary. Uh, is Carson Strong going to rely on Cole Turner, or is he going to test the outside more? And then, how will Nevada's receivers deal with the secondary? Because they've proven that they are not very good route runners, and they kind of have a case of the drops so far through this year, especially in the Cowell game, at least I think, especially in the Cowell game, they may have dropped a lot of passes against Idaho State too. We have we no idea. Never know. It's a tr- truly a mystery. But I don't know how how do Nevada's receivers deal with this secondary?
0: They don't. They they get deleted. That's what I think happens. And then finally, the last note that we have is K State defense on the whole the only reason I bring this up is because it's the same team from last year. And this is a team that lost to a San Jose State team, which was very defensively minded last year and is also considerably worse defensively than K-State is this year. And Strong did not have the greatest game. You look at his pure yard stats, you see that he had a decent enough day. Then you look that he was averaging 5.4 yards per attempt and only threw for one touchdown. That was a tough game for him, for his standards and the offense they want to run. So... I see that happening again.
1: Yeah, I I think Carson Strong, uh, I imagine he'll be due for one solid drive. At some point, the defense will buckle. It's just bound to happen. But I think that the K-State secondary is going to have a very good day against the Nevada wide receiver core. Romeo Dubes, he'll be uh, difficult to defend. Um, but the rest of the core... I think that they can do a solid job against. Ultimately, it'll come down to uh, the middle field coverage. I think can uh, Mr. Stubblefield continue his uh, dominance of uh, a slot pass coverage on third downs? Yeah, very very specific thing that he's really good at. But that and then also can uh, the linebackers provide some uh, quality assistance there? Maybe even the safeties. But I don't know. I I think the K State defense. I'm much more confident in that regard now than I was previously, mm-hmm. um, because the defense has just blown away my expectations. It's so. blown away everyone's expectations. <laughs> yep.
0: So now we move into the projected offensive and defensive MVPs. Starting with offense, we're not saying Deuce, because it will be Deuce. It'll be Deuce,
1: but that's that's cheating. That's really just cheating.
0: I'm going to take Phillip Brooks, because I think the way that Philip Brooks is going to operate in this offense will be a lot of jet motion. And also a lot of those short slot route concepts that Will Howard can take a lot of advantage of. And also what Philip Brooks can do after the catch, which is why he's so good as a punt returner. I feel like with how bad the secondary is at tackling, Philip Brooks will have himself a day if he gets his hands on the ball.
1: Yeah, uh, I like that pick. Uh, Brooks has been uh, fairly quiet um, this past week. Um, he had a solid punt return, but didn't really do anything in the past game. At least I recall.
0: He caught that big third-down conversion on the drive that set up our touchdown.
1: Um, I'm, uh, last week? Oh, yeah, he did. Right. I forgot about that completely. Um, Yeah, he did have that big catch. Um, So, yeah, that's not a horrible take at all. Uh, Probably going to be some uh, jet motion with him as well because we know how much Messingham loves to run that jet motion. Jet option the, time. Yeah, the jet veer with Howard. Uh, loved running that with Brooks uh, motioning across. Uh, and speaking of Howard, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and give Will Howard a vote of confidence. And he's going to be my projected offensive MVP that is not named Deuce Vaughn. Uh, I I don't know. I am a Will Howard believer. I'm doubling down on him. I don't even know if I need to double down yet. He hasn't even started a game this year yet. But Will Howard. After,
0: after the vote of confidence you and I both gave him last year, even though we weren't doing a show last year, it's, it's doubling down. I'm no. alongside you. I just think that Philip Brooks is the safer choice. Right. But please continue.
1: Yeah. Howard. I, I'm feeling confident that he, I don't think he's gonna have a spectacular day. I think Deuce will have a spectacular day, but I think Howard will do what he needs to do. I think he'll take care of the football and I think that he'll make the safe throw. And I think he'll run the ball effectively as well. Uh, this is a perfect defense for him to, uh, um, uh, stretch his muscles a little bit. And, uh, I'm just, I'm get some dink and dunk throws to get in rhythm. I mean, it's truly a perfect defense for him to do that against uh, Then build up some confidence, um, especially if the game is called properly, which I believe in Messingham to with a week of preparation to scheme uh, an effective first and second quarter. So, yeah, I'm a Will Howard stand this week. Uh,
0: you looked at me and you, you know why I made that face. Anyway. Now let's move on to the defensive side of the ball, and I'll take first pick again. Listen, I'm not doing this to kiss up to anybody. This is my genuine pick, and it's not even for the memes. Reggie Stubblefield is going to be the defensive MVP of this week. And the only reason I say that is because Cole Turner is their best offensive weapon, in my opinion. And Reggie Stubblefield, I feel like, is the only person who is uniquely equipped to take out Cole Turner in the slot due to his mixture of size and twitch and ability to play the ball. The other options are Jerron McPherson, who I'd rather not have on there. Amaris Brown, absolutely not. Too raw. Uh, Ross Elder. He
1: he wasn't bad last week.
0: He wasn't bad last week. I don't trust him on Cole Turner. And (laughs) the other option is Wayne Jones, which would be another fine option. But I feel like Reggie Stubblefield, just with how twitchy he is, will be a much better option to cover the slot this game.
1: I like Stubblefield as a pick any week because the sauce boss is always the most valuable player. Other than my pick, who is Echo Boydo? Uh, Echo Boido has arguably been the most undervalued player on the defense thus far through the years. Some, some, in, some smart intellectuals online, looking at you, Grant, uh, I've seen people starting to recognize that he is actually one of the defensive MVPs because people just do not throw at him because he's so good. So... Echo Boydeau, I have him as my MVP. He's probably going to have another like one tackle, zero PBU performance because he will just not be tested. So Echo Boydo, he he's someone that he never gets interceptions because he's covering too well to get interceptions because people just don't bother throwing it this way. So unless Echo Boydo is covering Romeo Dubes uh, near the goal line, they just run a designed fade route to Dubes. He's probably not going to get targeted a whole lot this game. Uh, if he oh.
0: gets targeted in that situation, he's breaking it up.
1: Yeah, he'll break it up or pick Or, it up. or Brents
0: is in, and Brents has literal stretch Armstrong yeah, on so he'll just put it's, his it's hands up. He's a
1: pterodactyl. So. <laughs> but, yeah, that good boy does my defensive MVP for this game.
0: Now, finally, let's get into the score projections. I have twenty four ten, and my hot take is those 10 points for Nevada all come in the first 7 to 10 minutes of the game, and then they get shut out.
1: I like that. I won't like it for the first quarter, but I like it. Uh, my prediction is 24-17, Cats. Um, I do think that this is going to be a very tight game until the very end. I think Nevada will get a garbage-time touchdown that ends up not meaning anything to make it look a little closer than it is. So we basically have the same score, but I just have them like driving down at the very end of the game when we put in uh, a few seconds. Stringers obviously take Echo off so they can pass the ball finally. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, but no, I got I got cats in a dub here. I know people are really worried about this game. I'm honestly worried about it as well. But we got to keep in mind at the end of the day, Nevada's glaring weaknesses play directly into K State's greatest strengths. So I I think that we'll be able to take advantage of that and uh, run the ball.
0: Yep. So first off, let us know if you like these more rapid fire recap sections. We're experimenting with this new formula just to. Get people in and out more fast. More fast. Faster. But thank you for guy thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Aggieville ACATS. That's Capital A, Capital A, and Capital C in Cats. If you want to buy merch from us, our merch store is live now. Be sure to buy something such as the Play Sandstorm Coward shirt or the limited edition original Alley Cat t-shirt. If you want to follow us on a more personal level, I'm at AC Edwards00.
1: I am Connor Balthazar, capital C and capital B.
0: Most importantly, thank you for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats Podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.
1: Buy our merch, cowards. <laughs>